This is Rob Tavern for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted, as always, to be joined by the unified super lightweight world champion, ring magazine champion, Muhammad Ali trophy winner, all of that good stuff, the Tartan Tornado, Josh Taylor. Josh, nice to see you. Happy New Year, mate. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, mate. Yes, uh, good to see you again. I like that intro. Go and say all that again. That was, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, is it? To be fair, I've got uh, maybe a future in it as me as a, as a ring announcer or something. We'll see. Uh, Buffer's coming at the end of his career. Although we've got David Diamante, haven't we? So You've got a bit of practice to go on, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quit this job yet. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, <coughs> so how are you? Last time I saw you, you were looking at me through one eye in the uh, changing rooms after the Regis Progre fight. Obviously, a lot's happened since then, which we'll come on to throughout the interview, but... First and foremost, uh, congratulations, as I mentioned. The last time I saw you was after the Regis Progray fight. Um, now it's had a little bit of time to sink in. How does it feel to be the unified champion of the world? Yeah, it's good. It's awesome. You know, it's, it really has sunk in now. You know, um, I went away for a, a couple of months. You know, I went on holiday, relaxed, and, you know, um, kind of spent time with Danielle and her family after after um, James passing away. So, yeah, it's been good. I've had time to <clears throat> settle in and, you know, watch the fight back a few times and, you know, and realise what I've achieved in, in such a short period of time. And it's just a, it's a great feeling that to have achieved my, basically a lifetime-long dream and a goal of ambition of becoming world champion is is now complete, you know. So it's a, it's a great sense of relief and achievement and I'm really proud of it. So I say it's brilliant, brilliant. I saw the kind of the outpouring <coughs> of emotion in the ring after the fight. Um, we've just got a little red flash come up here for the battery, so we're going to have to change it in a minute. Um, oh, but it's okay. We'll finish this question <laughs> first. It's a good start to any interview. Um, that outpouring of emotion that we saw in the ring, I mean, I interviewed you afterwards and you still you said to me in the interview, Rob, I, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know yeah. what to do. How soon after that did it actually start sinking in? Probably a, a couple of weeks after, you know, um, I went on holiday and stuff like that. I wasn't really thinking about it. It was just still on cloud nine. And then come back and then watched it and, you know, like, um, had a sort of celebratory sort of party at my hometown, like, with my belts. And um, I've still not received my other two belts yet. I've still not received the Ring Magazine and the WBA yet, so I'm still waiting on them, which is uh, a bit of a pain in the arse. Sort it out, Tom Gray. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching, get it sorted. No, I think actually the Ring one's actually arrived in, in Britain now, so I think I should get it when I get home, but I'm still waiting on the, the WBA, which is... A bit shit, but you know, I'm still sitting in the house with no, uh, no, no sofa and stuff like that. You know, but actually, the so the sofa arrived today, so yeah, I've got the sofa now. So yeah, I've got a wee bit of furniture now. What was it like having people together for like a celebratory viewing of your fight? I would imagine that must have been a little bit surreal in places. Yeah, it was good, and uh, sort of just a my way of saying thank you to the people in my sort of home area and hometown for the support, and you know, just uh, come in and sort of get photos taken with them and you know spend a little bit of time with everybody and speaking to them and saying thanks for the support and you know that a lot of people brought their kids and you know the families now to see it and you know it was great it was a great feeling everybody's excited and uh, they're proud of me of what I've done and putting my my hometown on the map and you know making them feel all proud so yeah it was it was really good really good I've seen that you and uh, <laughs> Mr Progre have been exchanging pleasantries in the last week or so um so let's talk about that I think the words that he used were it was a it was a bad night or he got caught him on an off night. I know you had a few things to reply to that, but just give us your thoughts on on his views, really. Well, I would think getting beat is an off night, you know, no matter how he performed. But he's saying he had an off night, but that's due to the fact that I, I made him have an off night. I made him fight 
the way that I wanted to fight. I made him fight the way, my way of fighting. You know, I, I made him do it. He tried to move. He tried to be slick, but I just pressed on him, and um, he, he had no choice to try and move away and get away. He had to fight, and, and you know, I I, I kind of bullied him in the sort of from round four onwards, round five onwards, right up to round ten until my eye closed, pro- like properly closed, couldn't see anything, and then. I thought I shared around 11 and he nicked around 12, but I had myself winning by, you know, three rounds, um, three, maybe four rounds, you know, with one shared, you know, so I was definitely the clear winner. And, um, you know, it was very respectable um, after the fight, you know, very humble in, in defeat, but I knew it wouldn't be long before the excuses started coming. You know, he had an off night and, oh, he stayed away for too long and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's... I couldn't really care, you know. When I was when I was fighting in America, I was there for two weeks, and you know I, I was fine. I was I was great, you know. I, I adjusted well, and you know it's, that's that's his problem, you know. Um, he he lost on the night, and the the better man won, like he said. And um, I really th- I feel if I was to fight him again, I would win again, you know. And um, that's just the way it is, you know. But I, I knew it wouldn't take too long before the um, excuses started coming out, but. Um, that's what it is. You know, he's, he's still a, still a great guy. You know, we spoke after the fight, and and uh, we were sort of we were cool with each other. So yeah, it's uh, cool. So all the best, him. Uh, before I carry on, can you just put that on? Put your phone on um, silent, please. Yeah, yeah. I have to sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, just final one with Regis Progo. Obviously, he spoke about after the fight the fact that you were the better man, but you also spoke about wanting a rematch. Now, I think it's fair to say anybody who watched that fight either live or has gone back and watched the fight would be more <laughs> than up for seeing you two tangle again. Uh, one of the fights of the year. Is that something that would interest you? Yeah, why not? Um, not at this moment in time. Um, I've got my eyes set on bigger and better things uh, for the minute. You know, I've got um, got to do my mandatory. I want to win that, get that out of the way. And I want to chase the Ramirez fight. The winner at Ramirez and Postal was the the man that I want to fight, and to, for all the marbles. So that's that's the targets that I'm setting at the minute, you know. Um, so I'm not even thinking about Regis progress at the minute. You know, I've been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. You know, so I've been there, I've done it, I've won it. So it's moving on to bigger and better things. But you know, it was a great fight. It's up to him now to get himself back in back in the line again. You know, and and get prove himself again, um, get to the top of the queue again, and. Um, why not? You know, it was a great fight. It was we were evenly matched. It was a great fight. We both left our hearts in the ring. You know, so it was a great fight. So why not further down the line? But this moment in time, I'm I'm not even thinking about him. You know, it's uh, it's been and gone. I won the fight. On to bigger and better things. Battery successfully changed. Um, final one on Regis Progre, a fight that he's been linked with uh, against somebody that we know fairly well on these shorts. Or fairly well, we've seen him box over here. Uh, Maurice Hooker former um, WBO super lightweight champion. What do you make of that fight if it happens? I think it's a good fight. Very competitive fight. You know, Hooker's a good fighter himself. Um, you know, he obviously got knocked out against um, Ramirez, but he still, he was he was in that fight and doing very well. So that's a very competitive fight for the two guys to prove that they're still <clears throat> in title con- contention, you know. So, yeah, it'd be a great fight. Great fight. Okay. So, since the last time I've spoken to you, it's no secret, um, one of the main reasons why people will be be watching this interview is <coughs> you are now no longer with Shane McGuigan, yeah. um, your former trainer, nor Cyclone, your former promotional or management team. Um, I do understand, as I'm sure people who are going to be watching this, who have also watched my interview with Shane, that there are certain areas that we can and can't really talk about for legal reasons, which is 
is the way things are. Um, but talk to me about the training situation and kind of the decision to leave, really. And obviously, as, as I say, I understand there are things that you can and things that you can't say. Yeah. But tell me basically what happened. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not getting it too much, obviously, for obvious reasons. But, you know, um, I left, I put my letter of uh, termination in. I terminated my 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 contract, you know, above board and went to the, the board of control, put it in, done it all above board and uh, <clears throat> put it in that way. You know, I left I left Cyclone uh, in Barry, um, you know, and, you know, I just want to say thanks you know, to them for what they've did. You know, they put the great, got me great matches, you know, great me fights and, and uh, of course I'm thankful for them, you know, I would be, I'd be an idiot and a spoiled brat if I if I wasn't thankful of them. I, of course I am. They done they done great, but I just um, I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't happy behind the scenes. There was a lot going on that I just I just wasn't happy with, and I wasn't happy for a long time. You know, so I, I took it in my own hands to say like, that's me had enough. Um, I'm going to move management and move move promoter. You know, so put my letters of termination in, and uh, and then I went and got a. a Look for a new promoter and new new management, you know. So, I've done all that the right way. So, I'm getting a lot of stick, you know, for saying I've just dumped Shane and all that, you know. Like he said it in your interview with you himself. Um, I wouldn't train because he's done that to my dad, you know. So I didn't even waste my breath with even asking him if he would still train me. He, he said himself that he wouldn't train me because I've left his dad. So, that's a that's a conflict of interest in itself, you know. So. There you go, you know. So, um, you know, things saying like um, I didn't deserve his time, I thought it was a bit unfair. Um, you know, put time and effort in, which he did. Fair play, he did. We did a great job, we had a great working relationship. You know, we, in the gym, we were working brilliantly, everything was working great in the gym. <coughs> Sorry. And, um, you know, but it's just I just wasn't happy with other things, you know, and he said himself he's putting his time and his effort, and he has, but. He's been paid for that time and he's been paid for that effort, you know. It's, it's not as if he's done it at the good of his heart. He got paid for it, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's the way it goes, you know. I thought it was a bit unfair the way he says I didn't deserve his time. Um, and the comment about loyalty, you want loyalty, buy a dog. He says, um, I thought it was a bit unfair, you know, because the whole time I was with him, I showed nothing but loyalty and uh, commitment to them, you know. Um you know, because I was away probably 90% of the, the year um, away from home, staying in crap hotels, crap digs, horrible, horrible rooms, um, away from home 90% of the year. So that's me putting in my time and effort, you know. So it's just a, yeah, it's a bit bit difficult the way I said that, you know. 90% of the time I'm away, you know, so thought thought it was a bit, a bit bad, you know, the game. Didn't serve his time. They went away to uh, Miami before the Baranchek fight. All the team went away. Never asked me to go. Like never even asked me to go. Just went. You know, I'd love to have been over there training, sort of ticking over. Yes, I was out of camp, but you know, I'd moved my whole life down to London. You know, I'd moved moved full time in London after the postal fight. I'd moved full time down to London. Moved to the flat. Brought my girlfriend down, brought my dog down, brought all my belongings down, made based myself in London to show that I was committed and willing to do anything it takes. And then to not get asked to go on these camps, yeah, I was maybe out of training camp, but 
I still would have loved to have been a part there, maybe training, taking over, running with them, you know, never even got asked to go. And then um, Luke, after, before that, after that, before the progress fight, Luke had a fight in Philly. And again, they all went away to Philly. Never even asked me to go. Um, again, I was maybe 12 weeks out, but I could have been in there in the background, staying out of Luke's way, training, ticking over, but again, never even got asked to go. And they never even had the decency to leave me a gym key to get in, um, into the gym in London to go and train. You know, I had to go and look for other gyms to train, I had to go other places. Um, you know, so that's that's no loyalty in itself. You know, if you want loyalty, you've got to give some back. So I, I just thought that was unfair. You know, um, I showed nothing but loyalty and, and commitment to them. And the, to do that to me, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. So you want loyalty, buy a dog, but you don't buy a dog and then go put it in the kennels. You know what I mean? So that's all I have to say on that. I do appreciate it. It's, um, it's still very raw. Um, it, it surprised an awful lot of people in the sport. Um, you and Shane had a fantastic working relationship together which you've just mentioned the fact that you became <coughs> unified champion after just 16 fights knowing all of that and knowing kind of the relationship you had with Shane um, and we've spoken and people can go back and look at countless interviews <coughs> where me and yourself and me and Shane have spoken about yeah. the fact that you you can bring out the best in each other really yeah. both as trainer and fighter it must have been a big decision knowing that essentially leaving would have meant you would not be able to train with Shane anymore yeah of course um we're leaving um, Cyclone and leaving um, Barry. I knew that Shane wouldn't train me, so I never been wasting my breath. Um, but there you go, he said it himself, so that's a conflict of interest, you know. And that's a, it's a bit of a shame, but, you know, because we, we got the breast of each other and we did well, but, you know, it's just a, a bit of a shame. A bit of a shame, yeah. Where now for you? Obviously, there's we've seen across uh, social media, we've seen, had people messaging about, we've seen you in Dubai with Ben Davis. And what can you tell us about that? Is that is that something that you were, were you just over there? Obviously, MTK are, are based or they have an office over in um, in Dubai. Was that just you being over there and doing some training or is that a potential for you moving forward? There's a potential for me moving forward, definitely. Um, you know, I'm not going to jump into a decision, you know, because this decision of choosing a coach is probably going to be one of the biggest um, decisions I'm going to make at this point in my career. So I'm going to have to take my time. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to have to choose someone for this fight um, to focus on and get settled in with, you know. But So I'm, go I'm not going to jump into the decision, but I'm going to have to make a decision relatively soon. But um, I've enjoyed my time with Ben. Great week. Ben and Billy Joe made me feel really at, at home and welcome. And we had a great laugh, you know, and kind of clicked and had a good time. Um, and the same with this week while I'm here in London, is I'm having a great time as well, you know, with um, with Adam. So it's I'm in a, I'm in a really difficult position because I've got a hard choice to make. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have because the two of them are, are top, top quality trainers. So I'm going to have a little think about it. You know, I'm not going to just rush into a decision. I'm going to have a little think about, you know, where I'm going to be based and, you know, and being settled and things like that, you know. So I'm going to take my time, but we'll uh, hopefully get a decision in the next few weeks. You mentioned Ben Davison as well as Adam Booth. Um, I'll wait for you to bring him up before me. Um, those two trainers and, and kind of, well, obviously based in the UK. Um, another option that has been spoken about for yourself, obviously you're now with Top Rank and MTK Global, Top Rank based over in the States. Is training <laughs> stateside something that potentially appeals to you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've got a couple of trainers over there that I think, I've got in mind that, that would suit my style as well. So, 
if I don't make a decision to be based here, I might might well be in America training and uh, with a coach over there. You know, I'll speak to my management at MTK and uh, and speak with them to see what what they think would be best if it would be a good move. I'm open to anything. If anything that's going to improve me as a fighter, then I'm willing to do it. You know. Okay. Well, regards to trainers, I think that's pretty much all you can say. Um, so I do appreciate your honesty. Um, yeah. Obviously, people who have watched myself and you, myself and Shane, do these interviews over the last however many years. From my own personal selfish point of view, I do hope that whatever happens, there is a um, an amicable resolution somewhere along yeah, the line. I never left on, on bad terms. You know, I just put my letter of termination in um, and said, you know, that's me. I'm 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 away. Like you know, I want I want to leave. I want to go somewhere else. Want to go more route. I never left on bad terms. Um, the better feeling is on their side, understandably, but it's not not from me. You know, um, I'm thankful for what they did. Thankful for what Shane did. Thankful for Barry and the rest of the team. You know, and uh, I had a great time with them. The the rest of the lads in the gym, Josh and Chris and uh, Lawrence and all that. You know, Luke. I had a great laugh with them, and it's just time for me to for me to be happy, you know, because I wasn't happy, you know. Um, the full time I'd moved in in London, that flat, you mean, I was down there by myself, you know. Shane only lived maybe, you know, like two miles away from me. And uh, not once at the weekends and stuff, before before I moved Danielle down with me, um, not once at the weekends, and knowing, knowing I was there by myself, not once did they ever say, you know, do you want to fancy doing this or go for something to eat or nothing. Just left me at my own devices and things like that. And then, then they never asked to come up to my house until Lee had left. Lee McGregor had left. They came up the next minute. They're on the phone. Shane and Jake, um, where, where's your address? We want to come and see you. And I knew exactly what it was for. It was to it wasn't to see if I'm all right or if I'm you know what I'm up to or anything. Just to come and see me for a cup of tea or anything like that. It was it was to see if I was leaving. You know, it was to see. Oh, you're not going to leave, are you? You know, it, it was that. It wasn't. You know, the whole I'd been down there about five six months and. They never even said, you know, never knew where I, st- where, where I lived, you know, so that's not really being uh, loyal or or treating your fighter as your own, like they said, we treated them as one of our own, as one of our family, that's that's not how you treat your family, is it? Okay, well, as a, no, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it, I mean, this is the first <clears throat> time that we've spoken on camera about it, I do understand that there's, there's more that, that you'd like to say, I understood with Shane when I did the interview with Shane, there's probably more that he would like to say, but... I appreciate your honesty on what you have spoken about, but let's talk about the future. future yeah. So you've now signed a deal with Top Rank, congratulations, and MTK Global. Um, <coughs> first of all, talk to me a little bit about the decision to go with MTK. Obviously, you've got friends who have boxed, who are under MTK's banner of management. Did you speak to them first? How did it all come about? Um, yeah, basically, you know, I spoke to other fighters and other friends that, have, that are managed with MTK, and I just heard nothing but good things. Nothing but good things. They look after you. They make sure everything's every details, like not not no details left. Everything's spot on, being checked. Everything's brilliant, looked after, and you know, and the the top rack thing was just amazing. You know, um, for me it was a no brainer because I'm getting the best of both worlds. I think you know, and I've been told that you know the first fight is going to be in Scotland or in the UK. So that's great. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, so I'm not exclusively going to be fighting over in America I'm going to be based here in the UK as well I'm still going to be getting fights here which is great for myself and for my home fans and the fans here in Britain and Scotland so I love to keep big fights and keep bringing big fights here but then obviously if I get someone like 
this is way down the line, if I get someone like Crawford or, or even Ramirez or whatever, I may have to go to America, but it's not in concrete if there's a possibility that, that it might be here in the UK as well. So that's, um, that's great. That's the best of both worlds for me. So it was a no-brainer. No-brainer. And obviously in the, um, the interview that I did with Shane, Shane spoke about <coughs> the potential for there to be like a co-promotion with, with Matchroom. Um, what was it about Top Rank that, that kind of appealed to you? Was it the fact that they've got a Jose Ramirez, they've got a Terence Crawford? Was that kind of part of the decision making? Yeah, I think it was because it would have made it a hell of a lot easier to, to get these big fights uh, made um, with none of the other sort of <clears throat> boxing politics getting in the way with different promoters and different broadcasters and who's getting it and whatever you know it's a uh, it's straightforward it's basically straightforward how much you want to how much are you fighting for and whereabouts is it going to be that's that's about as complicated as it's going to get i think well i think as it should be and uh it just makes it easy so as say uh, this is what i'm in the game for you know um, i've i've said to you that i've achieved my goal of becoming world champion everything from now on in is a massive plus so I'm setting new goals now is to become undisputed champion and then longer term goals is to go up to 147 and chase titles up there so um, these big names are all with top ranking ESPN so it's it makes it easier for me to fight and I just want to push myself and be the best I can be and I, I believe that I've got the right platform now to, to do it. You mentioned that you spoke to me in the past about wanting to become undisputed <laughs> obviously King Ken Buchanan uh, before we talk about that I saw pictures that you went over and you saw King Kenny after you, you yeah. won the Ring Magazine title. What was that like for you to be able to go there and give that belt to him? Yeah, it was great. It actually come down to my house, my mum and dad's house, and I had a cup of tea and something to eat and things like that. And he come down and he says, I said to you, you know, I said to you when you were in the gym, you were going to do it. You're going to, you're going to be a world champion and you have. Glad you've proved me right. And, you know, shaking my hand, saying, well done, son. And he says, you can go on and do it. Go on and do it and become undisputed. And I want to see the belts. And, uh, I was like, oh, brilliant, I'm, I really want to do it, you know what I mean? Because he's not got his belts anymore and stuff like that, so it would be great to bring them back and say, look, champ, I've done it just like you. You know, and it's, it's just, it's mental because two guys from sort of relatively close areas, you know, he, he's from Edinburgh, I'm from just outside Edinburgh. His um, wife was from Preston Pans, mm -hmm. where, I, where I live mm -hmm. from, and, you know, and I... Uh, becoming undisputed and then you know I, I trained in Edinburgh he trained in Edinburgh um, my first, one of my first coaches was was Kenny's one of Kenny's sons Raymond so it's just mental how how similar we are you know and um, to be the first person or potentially the first person to do it since Ken Buchanan from the same town and it's just it's, it's, uh, some story it would be it would be amazing it certainly would. And that undisputed fight, as you just mentioned, you're both now with top rank yourself and Jose Ramirez, who holds the WBO and the WBC titles. He was supposed to fight this past weekend yeah. against um, your old friend, Victor Postol, out in China. <coughs> um, how excited are you by the prospect of if all being well and he comes past Victor Postol? Nobody knows what a tough test Victor yeah. Postol is more than you do. How enticing and how exciting is it to have that potential undisputed fight there and ready to be made? Yeah, it's, it's almost made, as you say. Um, so, yeah, real excited. You know, I'm just sitting waiting, waiting on the opportunity to come. Um, it's a close fight. You know, I expect Ramirez to come through it, but, you know, Postel's a very tricky opponent. He's very, he's very awkward and he's very ungamely and timing. He's got weird timing and weird distance control mm -hmm. and he's sharp. You know, but um, he's getting that wee bit older now, maybe a wee bit slower. 
and I think that so he might not be just quite on the ball but you never know because he is a very very tricky opponent and, and still very much up there you know so I expect it to be tricky for a few rounds um, but I do expect Ramirez to come through it because Ramirez is, is a very good fighter you know so um, I kind of expect it to be <coughs> myself and Ramirez for the for all the marbles and uh, I think that would be a great fight because I think our, our styles and will just gel and they'll just clash and it'll be a, a great fight it would definitely be a great fight now, Pastol is um, Ramirez's WBC mandatory. You've got yourself a mandatory to deal with yeah. um, against the impossible to pronounce Thai chap's name. Um, you you told me on the phone the other day that you knew how to pronounce it. I can't quite believe that. So why don't you try it? It's Appenon Kong Song. I think I've got it right. <laughs> Appenon Kong Song. Um, and he's, he's very tall. Again, very tall. But, but he looks quite wild with his punches. But it looks like he punches very hard and through the target. You know, very precise with his punches. So... Um, I've got a threat, you know. I've got. To, I can't. I can't look at Ramirez or Postal when I've got this guy in front of me, um, and that's a lesson I've learned from watching fighters in the past. They, they look past their mandatories and looking at the bigger fish, as they sort of say, and they, their mandatories end up being or voluntaries or whatever end up being a banana skin, and they, and they, uh, excuse me, excuse my French, but they, they fuck up and they, and they end up getting beat, and their plans go out the window. So, I'm I'm fully concentrating on on this one and um, not looking past it, you know. So all my energy is on this guy. Make sure I take care of business. I think that's probably the first I've been interviewing you for a few years. That's the first <clears> time you've ever pre-warned me that you're going to swear. So um, thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned that um, you've got you, you've got your mandatory coming up and the fact that he you know, looks to be a dangerous puncher. I watched some, some bits and pieces of him the other day on Twitter. There was a good little thread of, of him in action. How important is it now that you do get yourself a trainer sorted out because that, that mandatory is going to be around the corner. You're going to need to get something sorted sooner rather than later, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I, will, I will get something sorted, you know, um, even if it's sort of like a a temporary sort of, like I'll, I'll train with you for this fight to see how it goes or no make an actual decision. So like I'll train me for this camp, see how it goes, see how we gel and then make the decision from there. But I'm not sure. I'll just have to wait and see how the rest of this week goes and, and um, really calculate all options and weigh it up you know um, the two of them like I say it's I've got a hard decision to make because the two of them are, are very very good coaches and they're sort of they're sort of kind of saying the same things to me as well you know so it's making my decision harder because the two of them are very good coaches and you know the lads in the gym at Adams have made me feel welcome you know I know Mick very well for the amateurs I know Josh very well I know Joe Joyce and all the lads in the gym are really are really helpful and you know very made me feel at home and welcome I had a good laugh in that this week and then the same way with Billy and Ben you know when I was over there it was made me feel really at home and welcome having a good laugh with each other slagging each other and you know made me feel at home and welcome so and the two coaches they're not actually saying too much different to each other what I need to improve on and you know things that I'm good at and what I need to improve on the two of them are saying sort of almost exactly the same thing so it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's making my job harder to choose a coach. So um, we'll just need to wait and see. Back to the undisputed fight of Jose Ramirez. Obviously, we've seen you. I mean, mm. the nature of the World Boxing Super Series means that you fight top-level fighter after yeah. top-level fighter. Your last four fights, you've boxed Victor Postol, boxed Ryan Martin, Baranchek, Progray. Where would you put Ramirez in and among those guys? Um, how would you rate him compared to a pro grade? Do you think it would be an easier fight, a more difficult fight? You never know because it's um, the styles. You know, styles will gel. Um, 
you never know. He's he's a good fighter. He's got the two belts, so I can't I can't bad mouth him. You know, um, I think he might be easier to find than what progress was. You know, um, progress was very slippery and slidey and a slimy little <laughs> shit. You know, um, but um, Ramirez is more sort of there and he's attacking fighter, and so he might be he might leave himself open a little bit more. It might be easier to find, but I do expect a very good fight and a very tough fight. And he is a top level fighter, you know. He's he's elite. He's got the two belts. He's unbeaten, and uh, he's a very good fighter. So, but as one as one fight that I do feel very confident in coming out on top, I always am. But I'm very confident in winning that fight, 100. percent And you've mentioned his name already in this interview. Something that we've spoken about in the past is Terence Crawford up yeah. at 147 pounds. Um, again, how big of a carrot is that? Knowing that you've got one of the pound for pound best in the weight. Above you, with the same promotional company, it seems to be a relatively easy fight to make. Should it happen, yeah. how excited does that make you? Yeah, again, it's it's brilliant. Again, it's a it's a big carrot being dangled in front of me, but it's my job to um, keep focused and not lose track of what I'm doing and where I'm at just now. Um, focus on Abnon Kong song, uh, and uh, focus on Ramirez maybe after that, and then move up. You know, but it is the potential. In massive fights is just right there. It's just up to me to keep focused and and uh, make sure that I get the, get the jobs done, these jobs done. Because, like you say, you can make all these plans and all these potential fights. If I lose my mandatory or if I lose against uh, Ramirez or Postal, then that's them plans up in there. So I need to remain focused on where I'm at just now. There's also a little fella in the weight below you, <coughs> Vasil Lomachenko, also with top rank. Yeah. If you could fight either... Terence Crawford or Vasil Lomachenko, who would you fight and why? I think I'd probably rather fight um, Crawford because um, it's up at a bigger weight. You know, he's he's unbeaten. He's he's known as a pound for pound king at the minute. So I want to challenge. I want to challenge him. I want to challenge the best. I want to. I want to be the best I can be. So that would be the fight I would want to go for. But a chance to fight Lomachenko would be amazing as well because he is amazing. You know, and I've looked up to him. Since, you know, I could have potentially fought him. My final fight in the Olympics would have been against him. The draw I had was the hardest draw you could ever got. <laughs> um, you know, I beat the number one in the Brazilian. And then I lost against Valentino. He kind of nicked it off me. But that's that's been and gone. But I would have, I'd have met um, Lomachenko in the final. Um, and I've, I've watched and learned things of him. And, like, watch how he does things, you know. So it'd be great to get in there and, and mix it with him. You know, it'd be, it'd be amazing. So... Either one of the two, but if I had my choice, it would probably be Crawford because he's a bigger name and, and known for to be the best pound for pound. So that's the one I would want to go for. How are you at the weight? We've spoken about it for a long time. Um, you're big at 140 pounds. You've mentioned, obviously, the Crawford fight somewhere along the line in the future. Is that just out of ambition or is that out of you just growing out of the weight? I'm great at the weight at the minute. I mean, the last two fights, I've made it comfortable. You know, I've made it like I've got up the day before the fight and ate three times a day that last time, you know, and drinking still, you know, and then the night the night before doing a little bit of a sweat, obviously still sweating it out, but, you know, I made it really comfortable and I felt real nice and strong at the weight, so I'm making 140 relatively easy at the minute compared to a lot of other fighters. I'm, I'm big at it, I'm strong at it, and people always say, how do you make the weight? I think, but I make it pretty comfortably, to be honest. Um, I'm a heavy, heavy sweater, so I think that, that helps me a lot in making weight and when it comes to drying out. I'm, I don't need to do much and I'm, and I'm soaking my sweat, so 
um, I think that probably helps me quite a lot. I've got a fast metabolism as well, so um, pretty good. I don't, I don't. If I'm sitting around for two weeks doing nothing, I'm no, I'm no look like you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're joking. So when I get when I get abuse from fighters about wait, I can't even say anything. What am I going to say? I can't threaten you, can I? Um, before we wrap it up, because we've been going for for a long time here. Um, Tyson Fury, when you joined the gym, I saw you because yeah. you've spoken to me in the past about kind of your, I guess you would call it admiration for Tyson from afar yeah. and what he's yeah. achieved in the sport. You're now both under not only the MTK yeah. Global banner but also the top ranked banner. I saw you exchange a little bit of uh, pleasantries online about what did he say? He said um, he's number one. Yeah, yeah he yeah, says yeah. number one. You know, he's all, he's the daddy. He's he is the big the big sugar daddy. He's a, uh, I'm a big fan of him. Always have been. You know, I've I've always really enjoyed his. He's partner, you know, he's always been really entertaining, you know, so I've always really enjoyed him and obviously look up to him. So it was good to get a wee message from him and say all the best in the in the future and well done and congratulations and look forward to seeing what you do. You know, he messaged me privately on Instagram and gave a couple of messages. So ah, it was really good to get a message from him of encouragement. But yeah, he's still, he's still the daddy, as he says. <laughs> a few weeks away now from his fight with Deontay Wilder. How would you see that going? Um, it's a difficult one. It's difficult when he's saying that he wants to go in and knock him out, which I think is a very, very dangerous, dangerous plan. Um, but you know, Tyson Fury is a master of mind games and master at trickery. So you might go in and try and play with him and play with his mind. But if he goes in and boxes like he did the last time, boxing moves. I think, I think it's his fight to lose um, because he will box him all day long. If he just keeps away from that right hand and doesn't get put on his backside, then I think it's his fight to lose. But if he comes out and you know tries to stand toe to toe with him, I think it's a very dangerous game and it could go horribly wrong. But you never know; he might, he might, he might get him out there. He might get him out there. But uh, me personally, I wouldn't go for that. I'd go for <laughs> moving around and boxing him and and making a, a fool out of him with his boxing and sticking to the game plan of hitting and moving and countering him. But um, I, th- I think I think hopefully Fury will come through that again and a, and, a, and a points decision again. Okay, well, before I let you go, uh, a couple of things I'd like to grab your opinion on. Um, MTK, they've got the Golden Contract Series, not only at £140, which is, of course, your weight class. Um, they've got the featherweights, they've got the light heavyweights. What do you make of the Golden Contract concept? I think it's a great concept. Um, it's a great opportunity for all fighters involved. You know, if they win it, they're getting a chance to go with a top promoter. And getting guaranteed paydays over six figures for was it five fights I think three or five fights, so that's a great opportunity for any fighter, and um, they've got the 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 bonus uh, knockout bonus in that as well. So that's going to make for good fighting, you know, good good fights and ex- entertaining fights because if you're ahead, and you think you can get this guy out of there, you might risk a wee bit more and go. Oh, I've got to get that extra bonus, a, bit, a couple of more grand in my pocket. And it'll be for entertaining fights, and there have been entertaining fights so far. So, yeah, it's been great viewing. I think it's a great concept for all the boxers involved. Who do you give the edge to in the 140 pounds tournament? Obviously, we've got Tyra McKenna, somebody who you know well, Mohammed Mamoun. We've also got your old friend, Mr. O'Hara Davis, in there. Um, assuming you're probably not going to be picking him to win the tournament. <laughs> Talk to you about the 140 pound division. To be fair, um, O'Hara has actually looked not bad. Like in his last couple of fights, he's looked more aggressive. Um, throwing more punches, taking more risks. Um, his last couple of fights against Catterall and things like that, the both look, you both, both look like very gun shy and scared to get hit. Um, these last couple of fights, 
well, his last fight there in the tournament, he was uh, aggressive in leaving it all in there. So um, it looks like he really wants it a bit more. So that he's looking, he's looking a bit better. Um, Tyrone, he had a great performance as well. He was he was punched perfect actually. So he had a great performance, and I know they two don't like each other. So I can see that being the final. But I'm going to have to go with my, my pal Tyrone. I like Tyrone. You know, as uh, I've known him for years, and we've. Uh, we get a good crack together, you know. We slag each other and all that sort of stuff. So he's just through in Glasgow as well. So yeah, he's. Um, uh, if I was going to pick one, I'd be. I'd be Tyrone. Just, just purely because of the boxing side of things, you know. Um, Ahara is not the greatest boxer, but he is very dangerous. You know, he's wild and he can punch a little bit. So this makes for a good final. But I've, if I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I'd place my money on Tyrone on a on a points decision. If that was to happen, you've got Tyrone McKenna versus Ahara Davis, say in the final, would you consider walking Tyrone out for that fight? So I, I'll just I'll just take back. I've just <laughs> nothing to do with me. I, you know, I've been there and done that, so that's nothing to do with me. And uh, I just I just hope it would be a good fight. I'll just uh, I watch it on the telly and uh, see. Hope it's a good fight. Becoming very diplomatic, Josh. Now you've become world <laughs> champion. I'm not sure I like it. Um, Last thing I'd like to talk to you about. We spoke about this on the phone the other night. I said that we should save it for an interview. Now you've got some interesting things to talk about YouTube boxing. Um, we see Luke Keeler, another MCK fighter challenge for uh, the WBO World Middleweight title against Demetrius Andrade. On the undercard, we have, i trying to remember the name, Jake Paul and Annie Son Gibb. What do you make of the whole YouTube boxing thing? I thought the first one was good. You know, in terms of bringing a new audience to the sport and new, maybe possibly new fans. You know, but oh, I just thought it was all a bit cringeworthy. Um, the interviews that they're doing, they're talking like they're real fighters. You know, I'm, I'm elite this, I'm sparring with pros and this and that, and I'm aggressive. And these two guys here are talking like they're lunatics. You know, I'm lunatic, I'm a loose cannon, and, you know, I'm going to put it on them. And um, I think it's just a wee bit embarrassing to the sport a little bit. Like, I think it's good in terms of it's getting good audience and good numbers, but I don't think these fights should be on professional shows I think they should maybe do their own thing they should maybe do it on another on a separate event rather than on professional shows where I feel like they're kind of they're kind of mocking professional fighters a little bit you know the professional fighters put their whole life and soul into to get to where they're going you know like for example myself like I've put my whole life into to get to where I am and you've got these guys coming along and they're doing these interviews and talking like they're fighters, you know, and it's it's, uh, it's a wee bit, you know, like, feel like they're taking the piss. But, you know, it is good entertainment and it is getting good numbers and they're getting paid well, so f- fair play. But I do think they should maybe do their own events rather than on professional shows, especially so high up in the card as well, chief undercards and all that. Um, so I think they should maybe do their own events. If somebody said that you were to defend your unified titles, but you had to do it on the undercard of, say, KSI Logan Paul 3, what would you say? Depends. Depends. You know, if, um, if I was getting paid better, if I was getting paid well, then then okay, go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm not wanting to be a superstar anyway. Mm. I don't, I, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it matter me? If it was up in Glasgow, then no way. I'd want to be the, the main event. Um, if it's down here in London or in England, then... then then fair play, you know. Um, just uh, just see, we'll see what happens. I hope that never happens, you know. <laughs> I hope that never happens. But like I say, I'm I'm not one for being a superstar in that anyway. But if I was defending a title, um, in a big fight, then I would expect to be the main event, you know. So not not the undercard. 
But if it was in Lingland or whatever and they were doing more numbers, then possibly. Just depends. Just depends. I saw you sort Inoue out last time Inoue was in Glasgow and you said, listen Inoue, I'm top of the bill here in Scotland. So I could imagine you saying the same to KSI. No, no. Well, maybe possibly, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Josh Taylor, um, do appreciate your time. I appreciate your honesty and your openness talking about stuff. That, as people know, isn't going to be very easy to discuss at this point. Yeah. Um, appreciate your time, as always, uh, that you give to myself and Boxing Social. And wish you all the best in 2020 and beyond. Um, the Tartan Tornado, ladies and gentlemen. The unified super lightweight champion the ring magazine champion muhammad ali champion um josh taylor thanks very much yeah thanks mate thanks for having me cheers cheers that's good luck